2: Wasn't quite sure what that was. At first, I thought it was Sims. I saw that shock of blonde hair. Then I realized it was Sean McVeigh continuing his post-Super Bowl victory tour, fueled by 1942 or some other beverage of choice, but that's okay. He's earned is that, was it. That, oh, it. Was, it his was, his a, is was that it his, his own wedding? wedding? I mean, his own on, wedding. Man, oh, it's up. his own like, wedding. I don't follow know. Follow the league a little. Know. Like, get a clue. I, don't, I mean, like, like, you follow the comings and goings of the yeah, marriages and the kids of these guys? Big yeah, big yeah, I mean, hey, he's a head coach. Yeah, he's, the be- he's
3: the Super Bowl champ. When he gets married, I know. I know. I mean, I huge. follow the league a little closely than you do. So, you need to step up your game. Apparently, you don't follow it
2: closely enough to get invited to his wedding. Uh,
3: No, no, he doesn't. I
2: I work with you. I can't
3: ever get invited to any of these meetings and weddings anymore. They used to. And then they're like, crap, the hell of it. It's Florio's friend. I can't do it. He'll write some stupid headline
2: about the wedding that Sims will tell him. I can't tell him anymore. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sean McVay's in the news because of something he said. We'll get to that in a minute, though. But it's Monday. Hey, Monday. It's it's june that's it's funny because anytime we have any discussion among the various pft writers about what story we want to cover or not cover or what do we post what do we not post i remind them any month that starts with j u the bar is lower than what it would be the rest of the year because we're more actively shaking the trees for content so we yes, waste i noticed. time at the beginning right we were. Wait- we wasted a little time at the beginning. Well, we haven't written about Sean McVay's wedding yet, so the bar's not that low, right? But we wasted a little time at the beginning of the show. Just you know, how was your weekend? Any updates on the African geese? <laughs> yes. Any African no. goose eggs yet? No, we must know. It's like the pandas at the Washington Zoo. We have to see if they will mate in <laughs> captivity. Yeah, no, they're all good. We're
3: all good. It was you know, it was a weekend, just driving kids around, sporting events birthday parties that that's my life on the weekends now. And the wife and I were like a taxi service basically. So that's how it works. All the animals are good. The wife was having a little bit of a meltdown on like Friday morning where she was like, there's no eggs in the chicken coop. And I was like, wait, hold on. There's gotta be eggs. They must be laying them somewhere else. When the weather gets nice, they might go somewhere else instead of inside the coop. Right? So had to search around a little bit and you know she was all worried because that's part of her breakfast diet every day she eats the the eggs from the the chickens and you know little we, we find them they have the different hiding spots when the weather gets good so there was like one that was hoarding like 25 eggs and another coop you know somewhere else so that,
2: that that's all that went on this weekend that wasn't that exciting really. How do you tolerate the fact that your wife consumes on a daily basis a food that you will avoid at all costs?
3: Yeah. No, I, I it is. It's a little weird. I don't want anything to do with that food. And then on days like that, I'm sitting there at the breakfast table and I might be having like some waffles and some bacon and she comes up and has like five eggs on her plate and I don't even like the smell of eggs. I want to be like, you know, you can sit over there, please, or something. I love you, but let's let's you know, let's, let's spread out a little bit. But I don't say that because... That will ruin the day, and I'm not going to do that because, you know, what's they say? Happy wife, happy life. I can't mess that up. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: It's good that you finally learned (laughs) that it should be one of your goals when you roll out of bed (laughs) to not say or do something. That ruins the day, because depending upon what it is, it may ruin more than one. No doubt about it. Depending upon how far you go with it, you may ruin the week. I agree. You could ruin the month. It could. It could. I've learned that. I don't know what it is. We've gotten to like
3: 40, and I feel like that's a little bit more sensitive at times to where I got to be a little more careful than I used to. And She's probably watching this right now, so I probably need to be careful a little right now.
2: Well no that's good let's keep going then let's <laughs> yeah, get I thanks. want to get you in trouble when you <laughs> right. get home and on that right. point on that point speaking of the old wait till we get home mister i had a flashback yesterday when the video went viral and i don't know the names of these people i just know prince and royals and like is it william and his wife and i think it may prince be william, kate. kate right kate yes. and they have they have a little kid that I assume it's their kid. It is. I don't know. Yes, it is. Okay, <laughs> so they're at one of the one of the interminable events on the four day weekend, what and I Jubilee. know I'm not. I'm not. I, we we established we established last week. It's a good thing to have something like that. Apparently, it's one of the reasons why the UK is having a better overall experience as a nation right now than we are. But it wasn't a good experience for the little kid, whatever his name may be. And I don't know if you've seen the video, Chris. That little kid was being, was being next level brat. Ruzzy. Oh God, he, he was—he, you know, it's like I don't want to sit in his chair. Yeah, I'm right. a kid. Right, I'm bored. How many? And, yeah. and 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 he starts messing with his mom, and he's sticking his tongue out, and he's doing this. And I didn't even know a little kid would know that. Like, where do you even see that anymore? I thought that was something from the '40s. But I, I just—I could tell from the demeanor. Now she had to force the smile because she knows everywhere you go. Here it is. Here it is. And, and no, this isn't the good part. The good parts when he's just had enough, he's got the jacket off and, and, and she's trying his best to get him to behave and pay attention. And, and it, it gets way better than this clip. But anyway, (laughs) mom, when it got at its worst and, and she was dealing with the kid, like, you know, putting, putting his hand over her mouth and, Doing the thing with his finger, and um, she had the demeanor that I recall very vividly from when I was a kid, and it was the any time I acted up in public, I got the very polite smile, and beneath the smile was, you wait until we get home, Mr... And sometimes she'd remember. Now this stuff's not bad. It got it. It really. Well, it you really can tell he's full point. of energy.
3: That's for sure. At he's, some he's point, the jacket's dumb, gone, he's going and going. he's ready to go home. Them. I've had enough of got this. Drive motorcycles.
2: this is all good. <laughs> it, it's not. And she's fine now. She's like okay, but she has, she knows she's been there. She knows where this is going. It it eventually becomes kid versus mom. Oh, he's getting, he's getting there. He's getting there. There, the jacket's off. <laughs> he's 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 ready to yank cousin. Oh, over there's the top some hair. The thrower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's getting there. It start. It's cooking. But oh, here comes a good part. This is the part that I saw. Um, mom's had enough of little kid turned around, and uh, at some point it it goes for. Well, I don't know. At oh, some they point cut it over. It.
3: Yep, they cut it. Yeah, off. But, It's looping back. But,
2: Maybe they, maybe they, no, no, but mom's got the books to keep him, to keep him occupied. But anyway. Hey, Prince, anyway, I,
3: whatever. That's I, not easy. Look, You're a kid. That's how, you, I, how many damn parades and crap can you sit through on a Jubilee but, weekend? But I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm telling you, he, he got beyond his point of what he could handle and he crossed the line with the sticking his tongue out and doing this to his mom and putting his hand over her mouth. And I just know from the demeanor, even though the smile was there, cause it had to be. And the standards were different in the early seventies, but, but that kid was in trouble when he got home. Now in trouble today is far different than it was in 1971 or two when, you know, you would be in physical danger when you got home. And sometimes mom would like forget. And sometimes she wouldn't. And sometimes I'd forget that would be the worst. The best would, when would be when I remembered and she forgot. Cause I'm dreading, yeah, right, the the the, 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 the punishment that I know though, I'm gonna right, get. Right, and it never happens. The worst would be I just kind of forgot about it. Right, and, and she she's didn't. just she's, <laughs> she's laying <laughs> in the weeds waiting <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, I I didn't know whether to feel bad for that kid or just like, hey, this is just the rites of passage, or you're lucky it's not 1972 and it's 2022 because you're not going to get it. Of course, I don't know how they handle it anyway. Maybe they have somebody there on staff that does the spanking anyway, if they still even do that, and we know that society has changed. But but uh, that, no, that was no an interaction spanking. that I was very familiar with. Anytime my mom would drag me anywhere, once I got to the point where I had enough, I would act that way and... Sometimes I would do the calculation, is this worth what I'm going to get when I get home? Sometimes I just couldn't help it. But I could relate to Little Prince, whatever his name is. No doubt. Yesterday. Because there's only so much a kid can take. I mean, that's that's, the thing. I don't know how. But four days of that stuff and you're... Five, six years old. Uh, You can't take four minutes of that stuff. I'm, I'm always amazed at their lives in general. Forget the damn kid,
3: you know, the prince, the princess, all of them. I mean, just the duchess, I mean, just the fact that, man, their life at times, just the events, the appearances constantly. I know we all look at it and go, oh, so glamorous, you know, king and queens and all this royalty. But, man... I do look at it sometimes and go, they just must be exhausted of smiling and always having to put, in a, put on the good face and go to an event and all that. Holy cow, I can't imagine living
2: their life non-stop public appearances right? acting interested acting happy always on yes it's hard enough to deal with you for two hours I hear a you. day i hear and you and act like i give a shit right and right. then i'm kidding um sorry <laughs> sorry london but 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 to be that way every day and to have an event every night and have to get dressed up and go somewhere every, i mean at some point you just want to live your life and you just want to hang around the castle i don't know and and sit on the throne with the scepter and the big hat i don't know but right. but uh it's yeah. It's it's not it's not an easy life, and and the little prince uh, he, he's, he he got there's the best part. Here it is. There it is. He's he's had enough. Oh no no mom's getting now. Oh no. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where that's where you wait until oh, we get home. Oh wow, Mister. <laughs> Damn. That that, that might have yep. He might have lost the throne right there. <laughs> yeah. The
3: future throne is in uh, doubt.
2: He, he, he may not be able to sit for a while <laughs> yeah, after that might. one. So you uh, thank you, control room, for finding the best We gave you a little, we gave a little warm up, but then they went straight to the climax what? where uh, little prince, whatever his name is, had enough, and so did his mother. I was calling her princess. You're probably right; it's duchess. I don't understand how any. Of that I think warmth. it is. All it's I know duchess. is they got help. Yes. They, they got they got all the money and no power. I don't know. Would you like that? Would you like being regarded at like as this? Like you're rich and you're famous. But yeah, I mean, they're basically Kardashians, aren't they?
3: Yeah, that's what the uh, royal family is. Yeah, uh, yes. They'd, they'd probably not like to be held in that same exact light. They think they probably <laughs> but feel isn't like that. Basically well, it? you know, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, they didn't do certain things to become quite as famous as the Kardashians. <laughs> all right. So they haven't stopped stooped to that level. <laughs> just, I won't go there on a Monday morning. <laughs> all right. Just all stop. Right? <laughs> but I think your point. I understand what you mean. Yes. There's a lot of ways to
2: smile other than some of the other stuff. I see the similarities. Yes. <laughs> Well, maybe if they would have given the little kid some of the stuff that Sean McVay was drinking at his wedding, he would have. Uh, well, he probably wouldn't have behaved. He probably would have been even worse. Maybe that's the explanation. Well, we need. Maybe to- the kid got a little of that 1942 or whatever it was that McVay was having at his wedding. We need to
3: watch the McVay thing again, like just if we can, because I know we're about to talk McVay here, and just to like one more time digest that before we hit this up, because like. I, I got to appreciate that. I was kind of pouring my coffee and going. So if we could play that one more time, too.
2: I mean, he was in this. There it is. And he's got, I don't know, yeah, he's lip-syncing, he's, 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 uh, California it's California love. It's California love. and
3: yeah, uh, I love that song. Not, not
2: great, not great camera work either. Uh, I, I'm sure that the alcohol was flowing liberally for everyone in attendance. But anyway, congratulations, Coach McVay. And the the headline coming out of a recent interview that he did with the LA times relates to his desire or lack thereof to coach long enough to become the all-time winningest coach. And I, I really hope because we spent weeks, is he going to go to Amazon? Is he going to keep coaching? Is he going to walk off into the sunset? Is he going to leave for a while and come back like Dick Vermeil did? Uh, and I really hope that this doesn't become our new Brett Favre-style obsession where after every given year we spend a certain chunk of the offseason speculating on the future of Sean McVay. But he was asked the question about coaching long enough to catch the likes of Don Shula and Bill Belichick. He's 328 wins behind Shula. But, you know, I, he says he has no desire. And at this stage of his life, he's 36, he's just getting married. He said in the past, you know, he's got a family and stuff. He's not going to be wanting – he's not going to want to be spending as much time away from home as you have to if you're a successful NFL head coach. But also good luck taking it out of your blood once it's in your blood and yeah. it's who you are. Right. And you look at Bill Belichick, it's who he is. So many people were dismissive of this idea that, you know, he's got no chance. He's got no chance. Well – He's 36 and he's got 55 wins. Yes, right. Bill Belichick wasn't a head coach until he was 39. Right. Of course he's got a chance if he's ready to give his life to it. That's the real question. Exactly. Are you willing to continue to give your life to it the way that you have the last five years? If you are, indefinitely... Then you will catch those guys if you average eleven wins a year, especially with seventeen regular season games. Eventually, to be eighteen regular season games. Right?
3: Yeah. I I mean, it's these type of guys that break these records. I mean, that's Don Shula. He was a young head coach when he started, and that's why he's the all-time leader. I mean, I believe George Halas. He even got a pretty good or pretty early head start himself. So yes, I mean, it's set up for him to make a run of that if he wants to continue to grind away. And again, with some of these guys too, they say, "Oh yeah, I don't. I have no ambition to do that." And all of a sudden, they look up twelve years later, and you know, it's like, "Whoa, okay, I'm 48, I'm 50. Well, what else am I going to do? I guess I'll keep doing this." That's how it can kind of happen. But I will say, I think with this like new age group, I, I don't know. You know, the, the 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 new the young regime that we got in the NFL right now, just to name a few, between McVay, Shanahan, Lafleur, I I don't feel like. I never felt like they were the type of guys that were going to do this until they were like 75 years old. I didn't. And I, I think there's a little bit of a love for life from these guys to a point where they know they're missing out on some things right now, and it's pedal to the metal, and they work hard as hell, and they live hard as hell. But, man, I, I, I know that it takes a toll on these guys. That's why we've heard McVeigh in the past talk about it, and we heard rumors about, you know, is he going to be burned out? Maybe he steps away, the TV stuff, all of that. You know, it's crazy. It's 24 7, 365, all of that. And I think this is a group that, yeah, I I look at McVeigh and Shannon LaFleur and that group of guys to where I know I think they're going to go as hard as they can and then they'll like crap out. Needle will hit red and the engine busts somewhere, you know, in the next 10 years and they got to step away for a few years. That's kind of how I envision that that crew really all together.
2: But remember what you noticed this year. Yeah, I know. About Sean McVeigh. I know, you're right. Yes. When when, when your quarterback isn't Jared Goff right. and it is Matthew Stafford, yes. life is a hell of a lot less stressful for Sean McVeigh. No doubt. A lot less stressful. No doubt, I noticed. So, yes. Th- that's a big factor as well. And right. maybe he's learning that as long as I have a great quarterback, yeah. t- easier said than done, But as long as I prioritize taking care of the most important position on the field and have somebody that will run the offense the right way and can make all the throws that need to be made for this offense to be successful, I can keep doing that indefinitely. And the other question these guys have to ask themselves, if I'm not doing what I have spent my life doing, what am I going to do? Especially with the broadcasting seats – you know, this this game of musical chairs that we have witnessed this offseason may be once in a generation. It's not like every year the number one job is going to be available at Fox and ESPN and Amazon and this bidding war breaks out yeah. and Tom Brady money gets thrown in someone's direction. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Now, it be interesting if there's a guy like McVay who, who morphs into the the white whale of broadcasting if one of these other networks would just throw somebody overboard and buy out their contract to get McVay. But for the most part, you're not going to have these opportunities come around. And you're not going to have an easy plan B. Okay, I'm done doing the thing that sucks up all my time, but I still love football. How do I stay involved in it? What's my plan B? Because for a lot of these guys, it's all or nothing. Yeah, no doubt about it. I either coach and put my life completely into this or i retire and i golf and i drive kids around to all their activities and i raise african geese (laughs) i mean there's no middle ground unless you land in one of these broadcasting gigs so i I, it's it's you know it's it's easy to say i know that these guys aren't going to do it for 40 years but what else are they going to do once they've reached the level where they can do this and succeed why would you stop yeah, Unless I, you just physically become worn down. I, I, listen,
3: I, I hear you. I, I do. I, I throw the challenge flag on on all that. You're right. I mean, as far as what, you know, the thought, I've had the conversation with Shanahan before a little bit, you know, and yeah, I do. I know when that time comes, like, you know, you talk about, yeah, maybe being 46, 48, 50 years old. Oh, I might step away. I've been going at this. I mean, yes, to all these guys, they're psychos in a good way. And the fact that you know, they're not comfortable unless they have a task or a job or something they got to worry about. And a group of people, they got to coach and get them better. You know, you get they get used to not only just the adrenaline and the work and everything like that, but I think with, with a lot of these guys, too, you get a little addicted to the power as well. I mean, you're the king of the castle. So... Yes, it's fun. It's action-packed. I mean, on a weekly basis, you don't know what the hell you're going to get. It's impossible to replace that intensity in really any other job in life, really. That's where the NFL is exciting as hell. The adrenaline rush on a week-to-week basis, it's irreplaceable irre- irreplaceable for sure. And I, I, I hear you, Mike. It's like, yes, you know, I, I, when McVay says that, I go, yeah, I get it. I get it. And could I see him maybe getting burnt out and then stepping away for a year or two, maybe three at some point? Sure. But I could also, I think to your point, if we were sitting here 15 years from now, still doing the show and going, man, McVeigh's still going and there's no sign to stopping. it. I'd go, well, I'm, I'm not shocked by that either. Uh, like you said, and especially with like a guy like McVeigh, it's not, it's in his DNA. It's part of the family business a little bit too. To where, you know, I think it's, it makes it even a little harder to let it go. It, it was his whole life this was a target that he wanted to get to. And uh, I hear you, Mike. I don't
2: know if he can just give that away either. I just hope to be alive in 15 years.
0: I don't know hope how I feel too. about
2: the possibility of still working for you in 15 years. Well, or you with you in 15 it. years. I'll be working for you in 15 years. Well, I, I, you know, but, and, and it's funny because my wife and I have this conversation all the time. Five, seven and, and big 5-7 coming up. Big
3: 5-7 coming up. Whoop, Woo-woo. Just. No, I won't shut up. You're going to be 57 Wednesday.
2: All right. So uh, it's funny because I think 15 years into the future, boy, that's really a long time. But then I think 15 years into the past. And it's it's not long, right? Right. You
3: go, man, that that was 42. That seemed like a few weeks ago. I I know. It is weird how it works like that. And like 72, come on, that's the new 62. You can do it. Oh, that doesn't make it any more appealing. I mean, the question is, (laughs) the only question is, the only question is, is like, when you're 72 and we're doing this show you know, 15 years from now, will you have left the house yet? Will you have
2: actually no. gone in your pool by that no. time? Um, Possibly. <laughs> okay. I almost went in the pool this weekend. I oh, almost yeah. sat on okay. the edge of the pool and, and stuck my feet oh, in the water. I was afraid I, I was going to drop my phone I would in the throw water.
3: you in there so fast. I, I would do anything to be walking behind you. I,
2: I, I, once got, I once got thrown into my pool with jeans on, and there is nothing that goes from like, you know, several ounces to 75 pounds in a pair the of jeans you. that yeah. get wet. My God, I, I mean, it, it they were dragging me to the bottom of the deep end of my pool. It was terrifying <laughs> for a few seconds. So if you're ever here, which you never will be, don't throw me into the pool with my jeans on. Okay. Um, I think uh, you made anyway, a good look, point with your
3: quarterback McVeigh thing, though. That's where I wanted to get to at the end, and I lost yeah. track a little bit. I do think you're right. You know, life is a lot more stressful when, oh, wait, It's, I gotta find out all these cute ways to make the offense work because I can't call some of the traditional 20 yard 30 yard throws I wanted with Jared Goff and oh my gosh I'm pulling my hair out how am I going to find another way to get Robert Woods or somebody behind the line of scrimmage so we can throw it four yards in the flat to where yeah this year I'm sure to your point he was energized he was going oh man I haven't been able to run this play and whoa I've always wanted to try this this guy go that way and this guy go the other way and hey you just throw it as far as you can stay Stafford, that I'm sure made life more fun for him this year. It did. He told me to my face, and you could see that, you know, in the day I spent with him at at the Super Bowl that he he talked about. He had a new energy. He was saying that, you know, many many times throughout throughout the day.
2: And and really between him and and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And, and, Kyle seems. Even though McVeigh has had periods where he seems tormented, I think McVeigh goes out of his way to sell the glass half-full thing all the time. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Everything's awesome. Even if it isn't. Right. Kyle... Kyle just at times looks like he's beaten down and weathered like he's been out to sea for nine months by the time the season's <laughs> over. The and you know what? Jimmy world. Jimmy, Jimmy, Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo's been his quarterback. That the, yeah, I know. You're right. There yeah. you go. A guy who can there. get us to a certain level but can't push us through the top. Sure. You, you feel like you're banging your head against the wall if you're the guy's head coach. And And again, there's a certain message we get publicly and then privately he's got to be. Beside himself at times with some of the things that he does to set the table and Jimmy G can't sit down and and eat the meat. Right. Right.
3: I I think that's exactly right. And, and, you know, I think ultimately that what you're talking about there, you know, and I'm sure there was probably a few other hair pulling moments in between there that we don't know about led to a crazy. Let me get a trade, drastic decision for a quarterback to do that because of what you're talking about. I, I think th- I think so, especially in the year where it was the COVID year. They struggled. You know, they had just lost to Mahomes in the Super Bowl. That year and the year of the COVID year, they're playing in Arizona. They had to play Buffalo and Josh Allen. They got a good look at some of that and another guy to go, holy crap. How do you defend a human being like this? This is unbelievable. I really think that was kind of the jump off point or the point that hit Shanahan like kind of in the face to go like, I need to get one of these. I got to get one of these guys that, you know, it's just doesn't have to be about me drawing up the perfect play every time. And yes, that's what a great quarterback could do. He could take pressure off of everybody that way. You just the 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 playbook is limitless. And then you don't ever have to worry about, you know, orchestrating cheap little ways to make the quarterback look good. And uh, I think you're spot on there, Mike. I think it's why they made the move to get Trey Lance.
2: And and this I believe has to be tormenting Kyle. Tormenting. Not that I'm happy that he's tormented. I'm not. But I know if I were in his shoes, what would be bothering me is the idea that the way the dominoes fell, 2021 offseason, Brad yeah, Holmes right. goes from sure. the Rams to the Lions and lays the foundation for an easy, easy deal to be done. Offload Jared Goff, pick up Matthew Stafford, right. and next thing you know, the confetti's right. in the air. Right. Just think if they had hired somebody from the 49ers front office to be the GM of the Lions. Think about that. Yeah, right. If they had hired Adam Peters to be the GM of the Lions, and once Peters gets settled in, next thing you know, Stafford's looking for a new place, Garoppolo for Stafford. I mean, same trade. No doubt Same deal.
3: Better. I mean, better for Detroit. You know, you'd rather have Garoppolo than Jared Goff, in my opinion. So, yeah, I hear you. That's how crazy the league is. I mean, it's how close it is. And I would think, yes, that's a real rivalry there. The, the Rams, the Niners, Shanahan, McVay, they're both whiz kid genius guy. And they came from the same coaching tree. Shanahan, you know, was, was, and the Shanahans were there in Washington. McVay was there under him, you know? So yeah, I got, that's got to eat at him. No doubt about it. And the fact that, you know, to like you're saying, the 49ers were one of those teams where that tried to jump in. You know, by anybody you talk to in the NFL who tried to jump in on the Matthew Stafford thing, once they realized, whoa, like this is really real, he's available. You know, there was a number of teams, and Carolina Panthers. There's a few others that, you know, once they realized, whoa, well, they'll really trade him there. As far as Detroit, uh, teams tried to get involved, but like you said, it was already kind of baked in because of the the relationship with Brad Holmes and coming from the Rams.
2: I think one of the reasons why the Washington Commanders moved as quickly as they did to get Carson Wentz, they were. Yeah, they were another team last year, right? From the fact that. Yes. They, remember, because people were goofing on the Commanders for calling every team right. to see if their quarterback right. was available. Oh, they called. Can you believe those morons called the Chiefs about Patrick Mahomes? But you know what? After you miss the boat completely on Matthew Stafford, of course you're going to call every team, of course you're going to make sure. Let's make sure, let's turn over every rock, even the rocks that we know there's nothing under. Yeah. We're turning over every rock so we miss nothing. We, we do not want to get caught like we did last year. But, but the difference was it was basically an inside job. It was, they they yeah, needed to get rid of was. that golf contract yeah. without it being a Brock Osweiler trade. They couldn't just trade golf to somebody and send a first-round pick, which is what they did. But it wasn't as obvious when you send two ones and a three for Matthew Stafford and you throw in Jared Goff. It doesn't scream out Brock Osweiler trade, even though it was. They gave up a first-round pick to get rid of the god-awful Jared Goff contract that three years ago this month I was shouting, don't give it to him, don't give it to him. And they're acting like I was crazy. And McVay was all dismissive, and they gave it to him. Yeah. And then they couldn't wait to get rid of it two seasons later. So uh, I don't think anybody was getting Stafford other than the Rams – but I do think that that still reverberates. And if I'm Kyle, if there is a quiet moment that I have this offseason, I'm thinking, my God, if they had just hired one of my guys and I could have gotten Stafford, I'd be doing the victory tour. I'd have the Super Bowl. And it does, as you said, to your point, it shows how close it all is. Yeah. How close it all is, how tightly packed. And it's a play here, a play there, a development here, a development there that can change everything. All right, let's do this. Yeah. A little pop-up draft. Whoa. Way out of sequence. Whoa! I was gonna on a say Monday what the morning. hell are you doing to me here? I see it now. Okay. Head I I didn't do it. <laughs> a pop up draft of the best head coaches in the NFL right now. Go. Gosh, okay. Wow.
3: Uh I mean, I'm mm, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abandon Bill Belichick yet. I'm not. I'm still gonna pick him one. I, I am. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not giving up on everything I've seen, even to this past year. It was a great job. It really was. I mean, it's it was a brand new team, rookie quarterback. I'm still taking Bill Belichick number one. You know, it might not be for too much longer that we take him number one, but for this moment right now, I'm I'm still
2: gonna go with him. I am. I'll go Sean McVay. The guy's got the trophy, the guy cracked the coat, the guy got it figured out, the guy's you know, he's married and he's having a good time and uh you know the world is his oyster and he's thirty six, I'll go Sean
3: McVay. Well, okay. All righty. Well, I'm 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 gonna go Shanahan. I am. I'm going Shanahan next. I'm, I mean, call me a homer, or whatever. Do you feel, do you feel the tattoo throbbing? Well, the tattoo throbbing. Well, there's some good choices KS. here. It's tough. Yes. You know. Well. KS. Hey, listen. There's some personal here, but I I I'm, I think I'm capable of being not biased as well in this conversation. I I understand that. Hey, it it's to me. Like, pretty apparent the most creative, best offensive game planner in football is Shanahan. I do think that. There's hands down. I don't think there's anybody more creative and finds ways to get – his stars off an average quarterback to look good on a weekly basis and all that better than Shanahan. It's the most creative run game design. He gets involved in the defense a little bit there too. So I'm, I'm going to take Kyle. I am because what he's shown is when he has a quarterback, that's at least average, they're, they're, they're going to be dangerous. It's just when he doesn't have one, that's the, you know, Mullins and CJ Bether. That's the only time they've fallen off. Anytime he's had anybody competitive or just capable the the 49ers are in the thick of things.
2: There are few NFL head coaches that I would respond to the nah, way that they want their players to respond, and this is a guy that's been doing it since 2007, has never had a losing season, always finds a way to make chicken salad wow, out yeah. of whatever is thrown right. in front of him. Right. You lose your quarterback for the season, still compete for the playoffs offense is down, still compete for the playoffs. Defense is banged up, still compete for the playoffs. Still compete, still compete, and no excuses. And just that kind of alpha male personality yeah. gets the standard attention and and run into a wall uh, and bounce off the wall, as the case may be. But Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, we take him for granted. Uh, no doubt. And it's, there's still a faction of Steelers fans that the minute the team encounters any adversity, they want to get rid of Mike Tomlin, and we said this time. Is and again, your extended are you crazy? family crazy involved in this? Are still? you, are you crazy? Your nephews are, are you they part crazy? of that? No, 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 <laughs> okay. no. My my uh, no, but my nephew. I got one nephew. It's a Seahawks fan. One's a Cardinals fan. The other one's a Seahawks fan. I don't, I, don't, I can't explain it. <laughs> my my uh, I have a good friend that I've known since I was six years old. That the minute the minute that the Steelers struggle, they got to fire Tomlin and. The minute they would fire Tomlin, there are teams out there that have coaches with whom they are happy that would say, we love you, but you got to go. We can't have two head coaches, and we have an opportunity to hire Mike Tomlin. I hope you understand. So, yeah, and it it really is fascinating to me. This guy is going to be the head coach of the Steelers as long as he wants to be, and he always finds a way. And they still... There's still that group of Steelers fans that can't wait to get rid of him. I I don't get it either. I don't. I know. I mean to me it's it's the
3: best motivator, the best communicator in the sport. You know, pretty good at managing the football game, and doing things that way. You know, just they're they're always tough, they're always physical. I I hear you all the way. Personalities that he's got to manage. I mean, he he's not always in control of that, still manages them. So, definitely was on my list. I, the problem is here, I still have 3 on my list that I go Wow, they're like really all deserve to be drafted. I mean, to me right now, and, and again, maybe this, maybe this speaks to the the AFC a little bit once again here. But I'm like Andy Reid, Vrabel, and McDermott are the three I look at to be next on my list here. I also have Pete Carroll on the list as well, of course, but. I'm going to go Andy Reid here. I mean, Andy Reid to me, and damn, man, Harbaugh. Harbaugh's on my list, too. Holy crap, there's this tough one. But I'm going to go Andy Reid. Andy Reid to me, the ability to relate to players. He gets the team to play tough and physical every year. He's creative. You know, I think the one thing about Andy Reid that, like, that does not get enough credit, we know how good he is with offense and quarterbacks and all that. But, man, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, we always kind of look at them, oh, they're a pretty passing football team. But... When they have to answer the bell, and we've discussed this a lot over the last three, four years, when they have to play a team where we go, oh, no, they're coming to town. They're big and physical. It's the Ravens. Oh, no. It's the 49ers. They always match up and go, we're, we're just as tough. We can hit you just as hard as you hit us. And that's where I think like Andy Reid does not get enough respect for the the physicality of a football team sometimes just because they're pass happy. We, we maybe lose that in translation a little bit.
2: You know, I, I'm like you now. I'm at the point where I've got four or five, and I'm going to rattle off some names yeah. just to kind of, to the extent that any of them are out there listening or watching. And if you are, well, hello, they're how all are worthy. You? What the hell are you doing? Yeah. Get back to work. John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera, yeah, is, is a guy who gets overlooked yes, and and definitely. taken for granted and not appreciated. Uh, Pete Carroll, I, I strongly considered him a hell of a an experiment this year, and I'm rooting for the Seahawks this year. I want to see them thrive. Post Russell Wilson. I want to see Carroll bring that team together, recapture the vibe of 10 years ago. But you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? And also and also, Mike Vrabel. Also I was going to say, how are you not got, going Vrabel? You're afraid him. of
3: Vrabel. You're afraid of him. I'm like afraid you- of Vrabel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tomlin inspires me and Vrabel scares the shit out of me. So it kind of is the yin and the yang. Um, I I am going to go Matt LaFleur. Oh, I like it.
3: I like it.
2: Here's why. Yeah. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. This guy has been caught between front office yeah. and quarterback right. for three freaking years. Yeah. And he's had to find a way to speak to the better angels and better impulses of Aaron Rodgers for three freaking years. And he doesn't look like he's aged at all. I don't know what he's put right, on he his doesn't. skin. I'll tell you what. I'd be in the grave if I had to deal with Aaron Rodgers for three years. <laughs> and that infinite loop would be playing of Aaron Rodgers saying, don't waste your time. You're that right, though. With, he doesn't look with, stressed with out. The,
3: yeah, It's like no. Shanahan and, and McVay.
2: Sometimes Shanahan and McVay, it looks like their eyes are ready to pop
3: out. And you're like, oh, man, they're exhausted and crazy right now.
2: He doesn't. He never think looks about, like that. Think about... What his reward was for going 13-3 and in his first year on the job? What's his reward? They drafted Jordan Love with a first-round pick. They traded up. They gave up a fourth-round pick to move up a few spots to draft a quarterback. Could you imagine how beside himself Matt LaFleur had to have been? And he he managed Serenity now. Yeah. He never 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 airs out any of the dirty laundry. Never shows it. Not even to tell. He'd be a good poker player. And meanwhile, what's he do? 13 wins, 13 wins, 13 wins with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Oh, wait. Yeah, Where'd I know. Where'd Devontae go? Yeah, right. Where'd Devontae go? It's every oh, well, year. Oh, the Packers, right. the Packers offered him more money than the Raiders did. Yeah, okay, fine. But the Packers waited until the Raiders were locked and loaded, and Devontae Adams finally got to bring this vision to fruition of being with Derek Carr with the Raiders. It, it, Look, I, I got a ton of respect for what Matt LaFleur's done because he's got to deal with Aaron freaking Rodgers every single day. That in and of itself justifies the spot. I, I'm, I'm not mad at you for that pick for sure. Uh,
3: to me, it, it's kind of like it does seem wrong that he still hasn't won Coach of the Year after the last three years. It does. It's like, it's like Aaron Rodgers made it the fact that actually he didn't get Coach of the Year. I think a lot of people were like, well, he's got Aaron Rodgers, so we're not going to make him Coach of the Year. But I think most people. That should count. I know. That should well, most I to say most people in football deal with would go Aaron the Rogers. opposite. They'd go, "Well, yeah. gosh, he's had to deal with Aaron Rodgers and and that all the crap that Gutenkunst and Mark Murphy have thrown on his plate." Holy cow! I mean, he deserves more than Coach of the Year. It's like Medal of Honor. I mean, basically. Uh, but man, you you, know, you, you know, know
2: we had we had fun. We had fun with the whole Aaron Rodgers, Mike Tomlin, respectful nod to each other. Yeah. But can you get deep down? I think Mike Tomlin would relish the opportunity <laughs> to, to show Aaron Rodgers what it's really like to get coached hard. Yeah, well that hey, yeah, by I an you. old school right head coach, right. who's not going to deal with that crap. Yeah, um, uh, but but uh, yeah, I, I think that that Lafleur uh, needs to be far more appreciated for his ability to tiptoe through that minefield. On a continuous basis. I I don't know about
3: you though. I legitimately am feeling guilty on a Monday morning right now that we didn't pick Vrabel, McDermott, or Harbaugh. Like I I really am.
2: But we mentioned them I enough know, times. But
3: damn, it's it's like they. It's only
2: three rounds.
3: I know. It's it's just a tough one, and they deserve it. Vrabel's gonna beat you up for sure. I I can't wait. I hope he does. I sent him a hand. Yeah, you I might have to send him a him. whole. You might have up. to send him a whole damn pig now. I don't know. He, you're off his list. He doesn't care.
2: You're you're <laughs> the one. Whenever we interview him, he definitely he leaves, doesn't like You're the me. one where you're like. <laughs> I don't think he likes me. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I,
3: he definitely doesn't like me. He's probably like big mouth, ex-player, not as good. I've said some things about the Patriots. He's probably like, oh, screw this guy. I, I don't know. I got a lot of respect for him, though. And McDermott and Harbaugh, three guys that we're kind of leaving off the list, I feel like, who like maybe are not looked at as like the creative geniuses, but like man, when you talk about tough nose, like just... Teams are going to play smart, detailed football. The game's going to be managed exactly the right way. That's where all three of them are
2: special. That's uh, it's, uh, it's a tough three to leave off the list. I, I, I'll tell you, I was going to go hardball until I realized there was a way – to pick Lafleur while also throwing some shade at Aaron Rodgers, that that that, that kick tipped you the scale over. for me. Right, that was the right. fifty one twenty nine. You usually,
3: you usually, I was shocked you didn't pick Harbaugh because you're, I think, like you're, you're, you lead the charge for him as being, you know, one of the great
2: coaches of our era. You've always said it. You've been saying it for a few years here. Well, the guys who just stay and are there and are competitive and they get so baked into what the NFL is, we just. We, we we don't pay yeah, any take attention it for to it. We just take it for granted. Yeah, we do. They're there. He's we been there since 2008. Right, and and they're always in the mix.
3: Yeah, I think that's what right? happens. They like only Tom have that Ren one and Super Andy Bowl appearance, little. but
2: they're always there and they're always good yeah. and they're always competitive and they're just part of the fabric of the league. They, we can't imagine the league without them, so we we don't notice them. Yeah, they're just part yeah. of the shield. Yeah. So um, anyway, that was fun. That was fun. It was so, good. We'll see who we hear from. We'll see if I hear from Vrabel today. Um, or or if uh, we get any other complaints.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: So let's stick with the Rams as it relates to one of the key personnel decisions that is still looming, the potential return of Odo Beckham Jr. to the roster. Cooper Cup doing a mini media tour on Friday was on first take on ESPN. Here's what Cooper Cup had to say about the potential return of Odo Beckham Jr. to the LA Rams.
4: Man, that would just be the coolest thing. Um, what he was for us last year, as I mean, I guess I can speak on just as a player yeah. first. Uh, what he was able to do coming into this offense, learning it, and then being able to go and execute the way he did was absolutely incredible. But then, just as a person, as a teammate, um, how he was, you know, in our building, um, I would absolutely love nothing more than just to, ha- to be able to have him come back and be a part of of what we're building here. And um, I mean, it just hurts. I, I I talk to him you know, daily. Um, you know, be able be able to keep up with him. Would love to have him back, and there's a lot of stuff that has to be worked through because of um, just how terrible is the unfortunate situation where you know he he was Injury. he was going to have an unbelievable game that that Super Bowl, um, the way that things were trending, and just the way that um, you know the Bengals were playing us, the game plan that we had in for. Um, for him to be able to just go off that game, um, it just it kills me the way that whole thing worked out, but would absolutely love to have him have him back and I know our receiver room, I know the guys across the board would love to have him back in our building
2: oh they 'd love to have him back on and i 'm saying they the organization on their terms because the problem is damn acl tear it goes out non-contact during the super bowl he's on track to be the mvp it would have been odell beckham jr not cooper cup if the game continues to track the way that it didn't so a long way to go who knows maybe cup and beckham would have neutralized each other and aaron donald would have been the rightful winner of the mvp award but regardless beckham was on track to have a special game now everyone is kind of sitting back and waiting to see if he's going to be healthy and when he's going to be healthy, and it's unfortunate because the guy was on the precipice yeah. of a major payday. Yeah, and if that ACL holds up for the rest of that game, he's getting a multi-year big money contract from someone because he finishes the Super Bowl possibly with the MVP trophy. No, no doubt. I, I, you know, I think it's most most people out in LA. I've, I've
3: talked to coaches out there, players, and and you know, you just listen to what Cooper Cup says there. They all, I mean, almost all the same thing. When OBJ comes up, they go, oh, he was going to be the MVP. And that's coming from the Rams because you kind of heard Cooper Cup. He went down the, the road there a little bit there. They, they had a feeling the Bengals were going to play them a certain way. And I think the game was kind of turning out that way. And they were going, oh, they're going to play us this way, which means it's going to be Odell Beckham Jr. in A lot of favorable positions. And yes, I mean, whether I, I've talked to Kevin O'Connell, McVeigh, a few other players out there, and they're all, they've all been like, oh, he was going to win MVP. He was going to – the game was going to go right to him. So it is a shame that way. Again, though, here we are, you know, uh, num- ev- evidence number 7,442 that Odell Beckham Jr. is not a jerk. He's not. Here you see, again, Cooper Cup, Mr. Team Guy, ultimate guy, hey, I'm all for the team, loves Odell Beckham Jr., so it is. It's just going to be about the sweet spot. We've never heard anything other than they love him. And, and, and again, we're, we're going to talk about it in Cleveland. They kind of still like him there too, apparently. Um, but they got to find the sweet spot for the money like you talked about because I can't imagine yep. he's going to be ready to go You know, within the first quarter of the season, You know, maybe the halfway point. But I don't think it's going to be
2: any time before that. It's just a shame. And we've heard for 30 years now, really since the arrival of the free agency, dynamics and the salary cap. The NFL is a, what have you done for me lately? It isn't. It's, what are you doing for me right now? And what can I expect you to do for me tomorrow? Because lately, what Beckham has done for the Rams was good. But you get the injury, and lately doesn't matter. What matters is, when are you healthy? When can I count on you? What return am I getting on this investment? And that's the risk. And it's unfortunate. It's unfair. I'm not saying the Rams are doing anything wrong. They would be going above and beyond the norm if they would sign Odell Beckham Jr. to a, a lucrative contract without knowing when he's going to be healthy. They would derive some benefit from doing so, I believe. I'm not going to say they're wrong for not doing it, yeah. but I think it would be very right and very wise and prudent for them to do it because there's a chance they wait long enough that one of these other teams says, we'll take him and we'll offer him more money than you are. And I don't think it'll worry. be the Browns. Yeah, but, but the idea that Miles Garrett who pushed for Jadavian Clowney to come back to Cleveland, and he did, is pushing for Odell Beckham Jr. to come back. And people would say, well, why would they do that to just release the guy? Well, that was because of the whole Baker Mayfield thing. Now that Mayfield's on the outs, you could bring back Beckham. Wouldn't that be beautiful? And wouldn't that be the ultimate middle finger by the Browns to Baker Mayfield? The moment he's gone, they bring back OBJ. It it would be. I mean, it would be amazing, and you know, not it, that I advocate, not that I'm saying the Browns should give him the middle finger. No, but I'm I just hear, saying yeah. there would be some appeal. Yeah, if the Browns are pissed off you. at Baker Mayfield, they bring back OBJ and just kind of rub his face in it. A little well, bit.
3: It, again, it just shows that the the guy is loved in the locker room. It's, he got a, you know, he went on a boat trip, and he got on the Mara and Eli Manning's bad side, and it, it's like that the world turned against them because of the, turned against them because of that. That was really, to me, kind of the precipice of like the faction of fans that don't like Odell Beckham Jr. But uh, it just another inkling, and yeah, would he help them out for sure? There's no doubt. You know, but if I'm Obe- Odell Beckham Jr., you know, again, I don't envision him going back to the Browns, and especially not right now with Deshaun Watson being in limbo, and that continues to look worse and worse here. But the Rams still look like. The perfect spot. It's something like that, and like you said, they've risked the 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 part of like, oh wait, you're gonna wait till late August, and you know I'd be worried about that. Oh, you're getting close to getting healthy and being able to practice and things like that. That's when the Kansas City Chiefs or the Green Bay Packers are gonna call you. Better watch out. So yes, the Rams got to find that sweet spot. I really believe in my heart that Odell wants to be there. It's the right place for him too. Again, with them having Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson. To me, the beauty of it is is a little bit like we talk. He doesn't have to go there and be the star right away. He doesn't have to be dependent on right away. You can work your way back into things, and then, you know, when you start getting going, oh, wait, I'm on the Rams. We're kind of good. Here we go for a playoff run again. And maybe he can replicate what he did in this last playoffs without getting hurt to where that can set him up for the payday. But, man, I still look at the Rams as being the perfect spot for the guy.
2: Yeah. If I were the Rams, you know which team I'd be the most concerned about swooping in? 49ers? No. No? Which one? No. What do you think? Um, there's another team that has horns on its helmet. Not just the Rams. Oh. Where is Kevin O'Connell? I hear you. I hear you. Right? And <clears throat> and think, think about that. And I know they've got some other guys on the roster they like, like K.J. Osborne. And they expect Irv Smith, the tight end, who missed most of last year with – an knee injury to have a big year, but you got Justin Jefferson who admires Odell Beckham Jr. Right. Adam Thielen. You go Jefferson, Thielen, Beckham as your options for Kirk Cousins. And there was a great article last week from Jory Epstein of USA Today talking to Justin Jefferson about how the offense is being revolutionized in Minnesota. Jefferson saying how predictable it was last year, how basic that offense is. O'Connell talking about the urgency of always scouting yourself, trying to stay ahead of the curve, always coming up with new things that that's the, that's the team that, that I would be worried about if I was the Rams. Now, I, I don't know anything and I never do. Life is easier that way, but it just makes sense. O'Connell knows the impact. Sure. O'Connell was part of the game planning and you, you pair Beckham with the guys they already have. Yeah, I know. And cousins, you give cousins enough time to throw the ball. That that offense all of a sudden becomes one of the most explosive in the league, if he's healthy and when he's healthy. The yeah. last time he had the ACL tear, it took him 11 months yeah. to get cleared, and I think that's probably the the heart of the concern yeah, that they're teams scares have them. right now.
3: Yeah, I, I understand that. That would scare me for sure, definitely. You know, wide receiver, the guy that's got to jam his leg into the ground and make sharp cuts and be explosive, all that. Minnesota fits the bill as far as like what you talked about. We kind of talk about with the Rams, too. There's not going to be tremendous pressure right away when you come back to go. Oh, you got to perform and be the guy. I do. My only thing there, I would just go is I feel like OBJ's at a point in his career where you know, again, you know, one, I don't. He wants to be big market. He's LA. He wants to be a part of the big show. I just don't see Minnesota happening with Kirk Cousins right now. I don't mean to be. I respect Kirk Cousins. I just don't think between Minnesota and Kirk Cousins that he would go there. I think it's got to be a bigger splash than that. It's got to be Rams. It's got to be Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's going to be the Packers. It's going to be a team that he looks at that's going to be a player come January.
2: That's what I would imagine. The other thing, too, is, and, you know, one of the reasons why his teammates love him, he shows love to the teammates. He does. He wants to have the love shown to him. What made the difference? And remember last year when he was available, the Rams weren't on the radar screen, and it dawned on us finally one morning the longer that this lingers, what's going to happen? Here come the Rams. The Rams are going to show up and they eventually did. And what did they do? They put the hard sell on him. They mobilized. Yeah. They acted like they really wanted him. Right. They didn't make some perfunctory offer like the Packers did just to placate Aaron Rodgers, which he is felt the love. What that was. That's what he said. Remember? He felt the love. Right. That's what he said. Yeah. So if there's another team out there that that and 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 again, you could t- how many big markets are there? He's already been in New York. He's in LA. If you're on any NFL team, a high-profile NFL team, you become the big market. You bring it with you. I'm, uh, just, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not no, pushing for it. I'm, I'm not rooting you. for it, but I'm just saying, Kevin O'Connell's there, Justin Jefferson's there. Number three is not available. I well, checked. Cameron Dantzler has number three, but he would probably give it up for for OBJ. Uh, I, I I would just be concerned. If I'm the Rams, if I wait too long, somebody else is going to come in and well, do the same thing the Rams did yeah. in November to attract Odell Beckham. This is where I thought you were going to go. We got a little off. I was going to say
3: this to you, but I, I really thought you were going to going to say Tampa Bay. I thought that when you when you were about to say it and you were going to go, I was going to go, yeah, go ahead, say it. I thought you were going to say the Tampa Bay Bucks. That would be the team I'd be scared at because I think that, again, he that they set up team-wise. You know, they're going to be good. They're going to be in the playoffs and in the big show when it comes down to it. And then his buddies there and Brady to where that would be the team I'd be worried about because he'd he'd, he'd probably take less or feel comfortable. And again, just like we we're talking about a little bit with the Rams, you know, he's he's not desperately needed right away. I mean, it's not like, oh, we got to have you. The Bucks are going to be good. It sounds like Gronk and everything's going to be back there and everything. So uh, that was the other team I was thinking a little bit that could be a player in this.
2: And remember when he became available last year, it was Bruce Arians, the former coach of the team that said, we're not interested in OBJ. We already have AB, too many initials. Well, AB is <laughs> gone. So OBJ and, and BA, BA is gone. Yeah, right. AB and BA are gone. Yeah. So maybe maybe. Maybe uh, TB12 minus AB and BA equals OBJ. Because that's the other thing, too. It's the Brady connection. Right. He was obsessed with the Patriots. He was obsessed with Brady and that Brady connection. The Patriots also would be on the radar screen because they were last year very quietly. right. Yeah,
3: I I would think so. That would be a team that I'd watch out for. And, I mean, again, I think the 49ers would be another team I'd watch out for, too, because they'll fit that mold. As far as, you know, going to be good, creative offensive coordinator, I think there's been interest there in the past between the 49ers and OBJ. Uh, so there's, he's going to have some, some places to go here. It's just going to be about the money and where he's comfortable and, yes, where teams are comfortable and paying them. and, to your point, when they think he can be
2: back and ready to go and really contribute to the football team. We did mention the Browns and Miles Garrett. He is trying to show the love. He understands what it takes to get through. Dodo Beckham Jr. taking that case to Instagram. There it is. Come home. The fellas miss you. Now, I don't know what the response means. Who are you talking to? Slime? I don't know slimy? if that's his nickname. Or I do must be, don't know. Maybe must be don't sweaty, know. maybe something like that. You know? I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but, know. Uh, I, I, look, I don't think that Beckham is enamored with the idea of going back to Cleveland but it would change if Baker Mayfield is officially gone once he's officially gone that that topic may come up about the quarterback situation in Cleveland as the show continues to unfold for now though we take a break when we return Ezekiel Elliott at one point one of the best running backs in the National Football League hanging on by a thread in Dallas he feels he has something to prove we'll take that up next here on this Monday edition of PFT Live.